You're bowing to yourself, you know. That's what that's about. It's just a habit I picked up in India because that's what, you know, in Asia there's all different versions of kind of showing respect to somebody with a bow, you know. And it's just one of the things that I never lost. But, but it, it comes from like saying namaste and namaste is like that which is in me addresses that which is in you or the capital T of that, that without a name in me addresses that which is without a name in you or God in me addresses the God in you. So it's addressing same with same, you know. So, so when that happens, that bowing happens, it's, it's bowing to what I am because it's there and 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 it's there. Because that's all there is, actually, you know? These, these physical forms are like, are like, I don't know, just, just an outward manifestation. It's like a different suit, you know, a different hair color, a different external manifestation of that which is the very same. And even science knows, you know, that the interconnectedness between everything is way more than what we imagine and what we can see. You know, so they're finally giving us some evidence so that we can recognize, gosh, you know, we ain't different to each other at all, actually. And the whole idea of separation is just created by your mind. It's just created by the mind, that's all. But yet we have to find this fine balance between managing your own life and having some sense of yourself and you having to do something. And if the phone rings, well, it's for one person, not for the whole group, you know. So there are times when, when the sense of the person has to be there, but at the same time, the interconnectivity is much more, um, much the larger percentage of what we are. We're much more the same, the one thing, than different. But mind imagines that, no, the difference is, is what's unique. You know, it's like, mm, okay, but it's like probably 0.05%, you know. <laughs> So our job is, I suppose, to recognize that a little bit more deeply, to see, well, what is it that's, that's different to your personality? What's different? What, what else is there? What is there that's not that thing that you call yourself? That's not your personality. That's not your story. What is that thing? And ultimately, all we're doing is creating a shift in consciousness, a shift in your perception. That's actually all awakening or enlightenment is, or any spiritual experience is, is a shift in how, where things are viewed from. So if you view things from the all about me, me, my story, and this morning I have, whatever, a headache, and this morning I have, whatever, a, a phone call to make. That's the personal perspective, and it's valid, and it will always be there, but it's just, as we said last night, it's just a way of connecting to the world. It's just a, a, a capacity within our species in order to communicate and connect. Move back from that and you have your observer. You have your impersonal. It's not everything, things aren't personal. You're kind of watching the personal one. So there's an impersonal viewing point watching the personal one. So you see what's going on and you kind of see yourself driving the car and you can see yourself sitting here. And, but there's something that's kind of watching it, watching the story without judgment. If there's judgment when you're watching the story, the personnel is doing it. That's the key. That's how you know if you're an observer or not. There's no judgment. You're just watching. And a good way to remember it, it's, it's like a camera. 
The camera doesn't care if it's watching a, a beautiful flower opening in this morning sun or if it's watching a dumpster truck overloaded and spilling out onto the street and a raccoon jumping in and putting it apart. The camera is just watching it. It's kind of like that. No judgment, just, just whatever's happening is being viewed and that's it. So that's your observer capacity, your impersonal capacity. Now, when we pull back from that, when watching something else gets softer, what we call it is I am, or just beingness, where you're not doing something, you're not actively observing something, but there's just a human being, not a human doing. There's calmness there. Whatever is, is happening. The present moment is the only place that your mind is in. So that all, like Eckhart Tolle's, all of that work about focusing on the now, the present moment, that trains you to get to that I am. Not I am Jack, I am. And it's the same as the observer, but the, the, the watching something has become a bit softer. That's all, it's just become a little bit softer. So there's just whatever's happening. That's where your attention is. Now, a lot of non-duality work, you know, that's the first big step, is get to the I am. And you can try living from the I am, but invariably, life will come up and whack you across the face, and there'll be drama, and whoa, the personal I will come up again. It's always a bit of a ping-pong between the me, my drama, and ah, being okay and being at rest and being there in, in that kind of everything's okay and the present moment is enough and whatever's happening, I'm dealing with it and you're responding and you're calm and you're peaceful. It's not sustainable. This is the problem. It's not sustainable. Something's going to happen and you press your buttons. Something will happen and you'll be all caught in the drama again. So it becomes not good enough. That I am state and let it become not good enough. Want more. Ignite that fire in your belly to want more than the I am. And so where would you go from the I am? And it feels like, for myself it feels like that you're pulling back. It's like you're stepping out of the drama. And it feels like you're pulling back because really your attention, when it's in the world, it's like focused on an object that's outside of you. Because you're in subject, object, me and the thing that I'm doing, me and the microphone, me and the group. That's what the personal I would say, would say here. So when you're pulling back, your attention is withdrawing. And if you're a well-rounded human being, you can still function, of course. Sure, we don't have to focus on what's exactly going to be my next word. So much of these things happen automatically, because we develop skills. We don't need all your attention in the world at all. Attention withdraws back. Okay, there can be somebody who's watching what I'm doing. Okay, let's let watching soften. And that being as just what is, whatever's happening. There's just the present moment. My mind can stay with that. So you've got less attention out in the world. Less attention saying, oh, I wonder who's coming to the door. What time is it? What do we have a coffee break? None of that's going on. It's just what's happening now. So there's something softer inside. If you can feel that softness, good. The I am, is, it's got that gentleness, that kind of relaxed thing, and the body likes it. It likes it, you know, because it's like, do you know everything's all right? 
everything's all right. And you don't even know what the everything is, but no matter what happens, it's all right. Not sustainable. It's just not sustainable. You know, <laughs> the classic is go visit your folks, you know? Go visit your kids, your parents, your whatever, and, and let's see how long you last in the I am. Some button we get pressed. <clears throat> Pulling back from, from I am. Different techniques work for different people. I just want to talk about it for a minute to find out what, what makes sense to you. Because we're all wired slightly different because now we're dealing with your capacity to place your attention someplace that's not on a thing. So it's really what we're doing is you're withdrawing your attention. You're not... And how do you take your attention off something? It's like, what if I put it on? It's like, no, it's not about putting it on a different piece of furniture. It's not. It's about withdrawing it. So if you pull back from the I am, okay, so going really gently, we just got what is. There is a sense of, the, uh, of existing. A sense that, yeah, yeah, I'm here, I exist. Can you find that? Kind of sense of that. Something is alive here. All right? Now, that's the point where non-duality will get you to. To that, um, it's kind of pure, it has no story, and there's a vibrancy. Now, throw that out. <laughs> Go prior to that. Don't look for something. Just, just go prior to it. Prior to that idea and that sensation. Don't let that sensation of I exist be enough. Go prior. Before all of that could arise into your awareness. Before all of that. Go there. you might be able to see that the idea of existence is just an idea that we give certain... Mm, mm, we've kind of accepted that it's absolutely imperatively true that I exist because I feel it. It's really, you feel it, therefore it's real. Okay, you sure? It's just another idea that we have given um, significance to. And all of science is, has assumed that everything that, you know, that, that is real is real. <laughs> really is real. It's like, it basically just comes from a concept being believed into existence. Something is believed into existence. So your sense of aliveness, your sense that you exist, comes from an idea that's been believed to mean existence. Go prior to that. Let the idea of existence be whipped away. For some, it gets empty. For some, there's spaciousness. Non-duality cannot take you any further. This is the zone of non-duality. And this is called the absolute the divine, that which is outside of time, outside of space. You might feel spaciousness, but even if the idea of spaciousness went, it would still be there. 
This is as far as non-duality will take you. But there's more. And the reason that non-duality is, you know, is where it is today is that it's probably where Eckhart Tolle was years ago, you know, like he was huge in telling us like it's all about concepts. They're all just ideas that you've believed in. And he kind of created that crack to show us, you know, the present moment. There's a bit of a key here. So so en masse, it's like we were all carried to this other level to be able to understand something. And now non-duality is taking us all en masse to this other level to understand the dualistic perspective and the non-dual perspective, seeing the interconnectivity of everything. Duality and non-duality, they're just two opposites. The non-dual is still the flip side of the dual. They both have to go. They both have to go. Both the dual and the non-dual both have to go. For a, for a deep awareness and a, a deep understanding, and both go. Even non-duality goes with all its jargon and all its wonderful experiences. Let that go too. So prior to the non-dual, Now, now, now language is a problem because you've got to kind of just feel your way into this and if your mind is like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling, perfect, actually perfect. If your mind doesn't know what's going on, great, great. I want to talk to the part of you that, 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 that has no access to the mind. You know, it's like the mind is a tool on the outside, like my arms are in front of my body in order to be a tool for this body to pick something up and to wave around the place as I do all the time when I'm talking. Whatever good that is, I don't know, but it's doing its thing anyway. <laughs> it's like that, like my arms are in front of my body to assist the body. Your mind is in front of where your attention can be in order to present the non-dual and the dualistic way of perceiving the world. Do you see it? So your mind can be picked up, used, and set down. It, 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 it's a tool for you. It's a tool for you. It's not in charge. It's not presenting anything of a real value to you, of a real value. It's just going to present ideas about the world and your conditioning and yesterday's ideas and it repeats, you know. I can't remember the percentages. I used to know them one time. 97% or something for thoughts you had yesterday you're going to have today, so. <laughs> it's a bit of a broken record, the mind, huh? It's a tool. It's not in charge. Don't let it be in charge. Recognize it for what it is. Use it for what it is. Pick it up, use it, set it down. And if it's ravaging on all the time, turn down the volume. Know that it's a liar. You know, it's really a liar. It's got subjective perception in order to help us to function. That's all. That's fine. But as regards bigger picture stuff, can you rely on it? Not at all. It can't go there. It can't go prior. It's like my hand can't reach a certain point in my back. My hand, it's just not wired to do that. And your mind is not wired to go into the abyss of capital or reality. It's not wired for it. It can't do it. So of course we get stuck for words because they're created by this language part of our mind, no? So what do we fall into it? Fall into that which is prior to the non-dual, prior to even space. 
If you can get to that spaciousness, because space is probably the most subtle concept. Time comes after space. That sense of spaciousness, it's wide open. Okay, we're still at a concept then with spaciousness. Even drop spaciousness. Most people just hang out in spaciousness and that's where non-duality will take you, that first concept. There's an idea of existence, of something being, and it's spacious and it's vast. Non-duality. Prior. You're not going someplace now. You're not. You're withdrawing your attention from the non-dual viewpoint. Your attention is going back to source. It's like energetically something dissolves into the into that which it came from. Let that merging happen. And these words are kind of the best we can do, but, but some part of you knows what I'm talking about. If you're going at this with your logical mind, no, 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 that's not what we're doing here. Prior to space, dissolve into that from which all of your attention into this galaxy. Pull back your attention that has made this manifestation possible. Pull back your attention. Withdraw, dissolve from wherever it came out of dissolve. And we do have some language that helps here. And if this language makes sense, fine. And if it doesn't, don't worry about it. Okay, so when I talk about this, this next zone, what happens is that, that your mind will either line up with an understanding or it won't. Don't make it fit. Don't make it fit. <clears throat> so with that kind of spaciousness, that sense of, yes, something is, and it's outside of all story. Okay, we've got the non-dual perspective. And so we fall away from that sense of existing, you recognize that it's just a sensation from an idea of existence. And there's usually just spaciousness left, just some kind of sense of openness, vastness. And we drop back to, go prior to that. Here, there is nothing that can be or not be. Something can exist or cannot exist. Both of those fall down now. Spaciousness or the absence of spaciousness, both fall down. Any idea that can have an opposite, which is any idea, both of them fall down. So it's almost like you get an understanding of how a concept and its opposite, which is always there with it, arise from. Everything and its opposite, both, the dual, the non-dual, both, fall together. So without that framework, let it get absolutely empty. Some use the pointer here of 
pure awareness or pure consciousness is totally empty, totally empty. So we can have emptiness and fullness, but I'm talking about an emptiness that doesn't even have the emptiness, which is the absence of the fullness. Just nothing. Take away the idea of nothing. Mind will try and pull some attention back out, pull back again, dissolve outside of all of it. swallows up, if attention drops in there fully, at the end of the line, consciousness itself actually collapses. That's kind of that, the end of that trajectory. And it's a trajectory. So see if some attention can, can remain there, like at home, prior to all of it, outside of all of it before existence itself, before the idea of the absolute, before the idea of pure awareness, before any concept at all. Let attention stay there. When the, as we spoke about last night, the part of your brain that creates the all about me story, when that self-referencing mechanism fries, it's almost like you, you can't find the personal eye. It's so deep. It's so deep after so many layers of constructed mechanisms and filters and lenses to turn on that story. It's like it's too far away. Do you get that sense? It's too far away from prior to all of it. And so as, you, as your attention gets swallowed up from where it came from, you don't have the bandwidth in your brain to stretch from outside of all of it 
to uh, you know jealousy and I want and protect myself image and you, 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 we just can't stretch that far. Our neurology doesn't do it thankfully. You, you don't need that because you've gone home. You don't need the all about me story with the same intensity. It doesn't get believed anymore. It's it's just too unbelievable. It's just too ridiculous. It's too much of an illusion to be able to buy it. You can't invest in it anymore because somehow there is a knowing that prior to all of it, it's natural. It's completely natural. Your, your body goes into the natural state. Something is just relaxed and it's at ease and you're at home. You know, something is at home. And you recognize you always were, except there was just this freaking story running that had you a bit distracted for a lifetime. Or a few thousand lifetimes, whatever belief system you have. They're all fine. They're all belief systems. <laughs> so if your attention rests outside of all of it, prior to all of it, that self-referencing mechanism doesn't stand a chance. Doesn't stand a chance. Whereas if you hang out in the non-dual perspective, if you hang out in the I am, bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, bong, along comes life and whack and it's all about me again. You will jump between the two states. Outside of all of it. And there's no story there. But somehow it's beautiful. Is there anybody who couldn't access at some level what we're talking about. So anybody who feels, no, 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 that was just way over my head. Really? Hey, beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh -huh. The process of um, you know, closing my eyes and, and, and feeling this, my body vibrating inside, kind of like not physically outside, but um, kind of twisting back and forth like I was going through. Yes, your body was vibrating at different layers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, an energetic level of shaking inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This happens until your system is able to hold the vibration. And then, and then it's, you know, it's just that it's been contorted to do something else in the world. So it has to kind of... Shake itself to to lift its frequency. Really, that's what it's doing. It's just to get finer so that it can resonate with with what it's forgotten. You know, you know. I just wanted to ask you about my experience. Okay, come on up because that bash will. Yeah, it's another topic. Yeah, take your time, yeah, take your time, the body will walk, don't worry. Yeah, stay in that zone, it's lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the kids becomes very natural after a while. I've been, I've been raining so long, turn around. 
find out a little bit more about this. This was um, 17 years ago. I'm one of those people that's still doing the satsang. Why? <laughs> um, but when I sat in the uh, Mother's Temple and asked, who am I? It flashed across me, I exist. So I know that, I mean, I was all, I was this love and a wholeness, absolute wholeness. And then like curiosity came up and said, it was looking, well, you know, what's here, what is this? But it was like I was in a womb and when I looked across, it, there was nothing, you know, it was dark, it was nothing. And I was like trying to find something. And, uh, and then I, it seemed that I projected myself across the nothingness womb and looked back at where I had been and it was nothing. <laughs> like my mind was like trying to go back to the pattern, or I don't know, but space. I knew that I was creating space, or, you know, this is all just afterwards when trying to look at it. Sure. The other thing that happened was, I don't know, maybe it was before that, but it was like there was the offering of door number one. <laughs> There wasn't a door number two or three, but it was just like, how ridiculous. I, this is everything. There's nothing missing here. And, um, but I think that space thing was after that. And so I don't know if that's the space that you're talking about. And I can't remember anything after that, I don't think. There was some cellists singing before it happened, and they weren't singing, they weren't there, so I don't know how long this lasted. Not long, three minutes maybe. I walked out of there, and I walked over to the water, and it, and it just said, just step in. And my ego returned just like that. Are you kidding? You're gonna be thrown against those rocks, you know? It's like I could get sick here in India. Don't these people know I already have a ticket? And what if they? <laughs> I mean, it was like ridiculous. But that love was burned into my heart and lasted for like six months. That every time I could, I got to go be alone with it. And that picture you see of Jesus' heart with the flames. It's like, oh, there's really something to that or something. So my question is, where, where was I in this trajectory and what brought me back? And mm. Okay. <clears throat> so I, I want to make sure I got this right. So in that, in that feeling of being in the uterus, and there was, you couldn't create what was over there. There was, there, was, there was no separation because there was nothing out there when you were looking over there. Right. I was trying to make other and there was no make, other. And there was no other. Okay. But, but I, I must have wanted other. It, it, sure. The old pattern was like, oh, where's everything? Where's, where's, 
the objects, you know, where the things, where be the people or whatever. It was kind of like wanting to share also. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, the outward focus mind, mm -hmm. trying to like, I'm not eating anything out there. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and the sense of that you existed, you saw that you existed? There was no, I didn't exist as anything. You didn't exist as anything, all right. Uh, maybe as love. I, was I, it existence itself then? I, the words came, they're not my words. Yeah. It, I exist. Okay. Yeah. That, it's not words I would have used. Yeah. But it was like certainty. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then this love, I also belonged to the love. Okay. So there's other again, I guess. I don't know, but um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's okay. <clears throat> okay. The existence that you speak of. It's funny because when you talk from that place, and then m m mind is trying to explain it, something shifts in your energy, so I can actually kind of access it th through you. And, and then mind tries to do something, and then you shift gear a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, the place where you were at was existence itself. Now, you see, in our mind, it's like things exist, right? But actually, existence itself was born before something could exist. Mm -hmm. The concept of existence came into reality in order to give other <coughs> a possibility to be. Do you see? So we apply existence to things. And this is why so many on the spiritual path don't transcend existence. It's because they don't see that existence is something in itself. Yes, that's what I would say. Existence didn't seem to be the right word. Existing did. Yes, existing, exactly. Because there's nothing that is being. No, no thing is existing. It's just existing, the verb existing mm -hmm. or existence as I call it but it's just it's just the verb but there's nothing that is that that applies to yet mm -hmm. it's before it's before the split into subject object into things but at that line there's existing just the verb N nobody is doing any existing but existing itself is there so that's that's the cusp of the non-dual. So you went back to the very edge of non-dual, where it's, you know, we can say there's pure, pure perceiving, loving, the absolutes are there without something being absolute. Do you see? So it's prior to things, it's prior to subject object, and there, then in the non-dual perspective, we say that there's the subject only. There's only all of it. There's no split at all in anything. There's just all of it without the parts. Mm -hmm. So it, there's a kind of a knowing that you are all of it. Mm -hmm. All of it completely is you and there's no division at all. There, there can't be division. You can't create division. Wholeness and fullness were words. That yes, wholeness, fullness, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's why the door number one. Yes. I don't know really how it 
presented itself because that's just words I'm using now. Sure. But um, it was like there wasn't anywhere else to go. No, yes. There was. Yes. I really thought it was finished. Yes. Well, you were, except the ego came back. Oh, that's yeah. what told you you weren't. You know? Oh, yeah, I do know. But other than that, yeah, it, you know, that's, that's the absolute. That's, that's the end of the line according to non-duality. That is the absolute. There is no other. There's no division at all. Subject only. So I don't know whether I went to where you asked us to go this morning and maybe not being able to brought me out of it or uh, what that is. Okay. So where I was taking you this morning is prior to that, is prior to existence. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, awakening takes to the absolute. That's awakening, that's enlightenment. But you've got to be able to sustain it. But you got a good glimpse, you got an opening and then it kind of shrank in a little bit because the ego came back into your attention. Okay? And there, there is, there is, you know, a, a prior to the non-dual. You know, as I was saying, it's like, listen, we're all going towards the non-dual. That's kind of the mass consciousness thing right now. And, and to go prior to non-dual, well, that heads towards liberation. That's what's been called liberation in the ancient texts. Okay. So, that zone is available to you still, but it, it won't look or feel or taste in the same way, with the same vibrancy, because your system now knows it. Your human body-mind knows it. So when something like that happens to you, the first time is a huge impact. It's like the very first time you get drunk and it's like, oh my God, this is, this is why people drink. I totally get it. And then the next time it's just nice. And then you're having a, you know, a, a beer just to relax. And it's got all these other functions then because it's no big deal, you know? Or like the first time you get stoned, you know, the first time you do something, it's like, whoa, you see? And your body and mind have been introduced to this new experience. So it's not going to appear in the same way, but it's quite accessible to you. But if you look for the same indicators, it won't be there. Because the stark contrast of not being able to create other, that's never going to feel such a stark contrast again. Because you've created a path into that zone. You see? Okay. So don't expect it to be as vibrant as it was, but you can go there. For sure you can go there. For sure. For sure. Into that zone of just existing itself. And maybe I do. Maybe that's why it's so hard for me to get excited about anything here anymore. Yeah. And yet, when I move into that place, everything is beautiful. Yes. But yet, motivation is... My children are saying, you know, you should, uh, you should do this, you should do that. And, yeah. Um, so I have some of that same story that a lot of people who have Gone to satsang and then like uh, falling out of life a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's about managing both. Mm -hmm. It's about managing both. Um, something else I was just going to address now. That. Okay. 
is is there um is there a huge desire for it where is desire okay so i've been really asking that i watched your youtube on really questioning that this week and um it seems to be around approval for uh, my daughters, from my daughters. Okay. And I was really aware when I was in Raman Ashram, that was one of the things I said, what do I still want? And that was one of the things I let go of, and for that long, I did let go. And uh, so, last night when you said that I'm living at what I think they want. Yes. If I could be more confident about this, I'm sure that would be okay with them. Yes. But it's just like I have this anxiety of not functioning well in either world. Yes. Yes. Like, and I am finished. And I did, I, I did ask myself that this week, and I, did, and I am finished. <clears throat> okay. So I'm asking for your help. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, children, my goodness, you know, if there's going to be something... Can a mother wake up? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You bet she can. You just don't have enough role models out there. That's the deal. You just don't have role models because they're busy rearing their children instead of going out touring around the place giving satsang like me. (laughs) But we need moms out there. That's the whole point. We need women out there who've had children, you know. Dads, but, but physiologically, there's another linkage between moms and their children. There just is. It just is. Mm. <clears throat> okay. It's getting so bad, and I'm, I'm failing so well that uh, it's like if I were succeeding, I might think, oh, good, I'll, I'll keep doing that. But the fact that I'm not like, okay, can you let go of this? You know, can you let go of this? And uh, so it's just my. What I'm thinking, I need to do. I'm sure, because I get if I'm in anxiety, I'm in thinking again. Yes, you're in thinking. Yes, and and it's funny because you say it's like I, I'm a bit in the two worlds, and I'm not managing either world well. There actually aren't two worlds, but your mind has created the two worlds. There actually isn't a clash between your spiritual self and your manifestation. They're on a trajectory. They're on one, it's one extension, it's one line. Okay. But, but some part of your mind is seeing separation and so it's splitting it up. Well, it's like my walking up here. Mm. It's like, um, it, it is more difficult in some ways to bring the attention here when, when I find that peace. Yes. And so then there's, well, the practices of being in the now have really helped. Yes. Yes. Because that love just starts to take over. That's the part I don't hear enough from you. (laughs) That it looks like you're just functioning with an eye, just like I would function without an eye, but it's like that love and that joy, you know, You don't always mention. <laughs> no, and I'll tell you why. It's because people go for that mm-hmm. with the desiring mind, mm-hmm. and there's a whole load of crap that you have to move out of the way, mm-hmm. and then that shows itself. 
And something in me kind of says, listen, th this will show itself. Love will show itself when your heart is empty mm -hmm. and when you, you've sorted out enough of your crap, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and otherwise, it will be set up as a goal. And there's many people out there who, who, um, who say, yes, but it's all about love. And you know what? It's, it's sticky and it stinks because this love is like marmalade over a load of gunge of work that hasn't happened. You know, it's like this gooey, sticky, sickly stuff because it's all about love. And it's like, it has to show itself to you that it's all about love. You, 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 you get to understand that. But if your mind goes after, oh, I'll find the love here, you're just going to be in denial of the shitty bits. Well, that's what I'm grateful to Baron Katie and the Course in Miracles for. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, just yeah. exposing. But then I like go, oh my God, my mind is really, oh, this is so horrible. So my witnesser is, you know, still from the ego when it, when this is exposed. And so I'm trying to learn that part of witnessing without... Witness without judgment. judgment. Yeah. The... the, the the judgment of what you see the ego doing creates more separation than what the ego does itself. Mm -hmm. Yes, because when I was in my, you know, ego just happily, oh, I said, well, that was a lot more fun. <laughs> it was like, you know, there was some, at least some feel good and so <laughs> Yes, yes. So I can see where that would be true. Yes, okay, so you've got, a, your mind has divided it into two worlds, and it's, it's two worlds because the ego is saying that it's two worlds. Okay. The ego wants to see difference because the ego is judging the ego. Okay, and from this place, mm -hmm. I, could, I could forge some pathways that make it one. Absolutely, it is one. You have forged pathways to make it seem two. Okay. It's really one. Well, a lot of us that are in non-dual and dual conflict <laughs> are seeing it as different. Yeah, that's what duality does, isn't it? It, it creates diversity. That's not different. How do you mean that's not different? It's your perception that makes it different, that creates the conflict. It's the perception only that creates the conflict. There's no conflict. There's no conflict between both sides of the coin being operating. Correct. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, if we, if we use the idea of a trajectory, it's, it's like there's different filter lenses coming in when they're needed. When they're needed. Yeah. And functioning does that. You might have to retrain yourself a little bit. It's like, okay, I've got to walk up there. Okay. You might have to just chunk, reorganize your thinking, but then it becomes automatic. Mm -hmm. It becomes automatic. Yeah, I can get the feel when you say the word functioning. I, I, I can sense that. Yes. That it's functioning. Yes. When I can sense that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you're around your daughters, the natural functioning happens. But the ego is saying, I've got to improve on the natural functioning because I need them to think I'm okay or whatever story you're running. So the ego tries to improve on the natural functioning and all it does is just twists it and contorts it and creates suffering. It's all it does actually, it's all it can do. So it's an add-on which has like muddied things. It's like the sticky marmalade again at the end, you know? Mm -hmm. It's muddied things. Okay. 
Now, in going back to what you had us do today, mm. what is your uh, recommendation, or, you know, what is the practice there? Mm. <clears throat> For you, cut the desire, because you can't go prior to existing, because you're still stretching out for approval from the kids. Mm -hmm. So That's getting pretty thin, but... Yes, it's, it's got to be completely powerless. Mm -hmm. When it's completely powerless, then you have enough bandwidth to drop back and see that existing itself is just another creation of mind. It's just another concept, building everything else on top of it. Okay. All right? Going prior to that... Uh, it'll only be a glimpse until all desire is gone. Okay, so you're um, you're giving us this view just to say, don't stop here. Yes. Okay. Yes. Don't stop at the non-jewel. Don't stop. It's fine from it's like it's like don't stop at the present moment. You know, and you probably wouldn't be here if you had stopped at the present moment. You know. <laughs> You know, there's more than actually just focusing at the present moment. It's like, yeah, I can focus. That's a technique for living or something, or, you know. And so every now and then I seem to drop through the present moment. And what's that? You see? So it's like, there's more, there's more, there's more. Yes. And there's more than the non-jewel. Well, I'm not married, but I have an identical twin uh -huh. that would probably fall in that same category okay. as my daughters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Having gone, done everything together, like, don't tell me you... Die alone. I didn't get born alone. <laughs> it's sure. Like, you know, so that other has been yeah. in the womb. <laughs> the other has been in the womb, but yet you couldn't find her. Huh? Right. Interesting. So it was interesting that it came that way. That it came that way, that you, you were in a uterus again. That's extraordinary. Ah, beautiful, huh? <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Thank you're very so welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah. You know, it's okay to be un unpopular. You know, be, be prepared to be unpopular with your partner, your identical twin, your kids. It's okay. Let, give yourself permission to be unpopular. It's all right, you know. It's just a phase to disconnect that old desiring mind that imagines it needs to play a certain game in order to be safe or accepted, you know? It's just a loop. It's just a loop, you know? Would you like to come up? Come on. My name is Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Well, I've been meditating for about 45 years. My Ramana Maharshi is in my heart. I, I go to the ashram usually every year for a month. Um, my life is very soft. And um, I really liked what you just talked about this morning. Wow. I would, that was my question. Like, I, where do I, how to put it, what's next, in a way. So, um, 
I'm, I'm sort of... You need to keep oh. the mic in front of you, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a little... I have the ping, ping, ping back and forth. Uh, I have found that place where I'm not there and feel the joy of pure existence. And yet, I feel there's like this longing for more, deeper. And um, when I was like 23, I had this very deep spiritual experience that took me beyond sensations. And um, everything, all the information from my senses sort of became this oval shape that was just like one fabric. And it went forward and I saw something beyond that that was just sort of hazy. And my body was in that oval. And, and I didn't know what to call it. And uh, I finally could only find one word, energy. But there was no love there. <laughs> and I hung out in that place for quite a long time, but I felt like I had to find love, or that there had to be love as part of the equation. So I slowly got out of that place. But it made me very wise, knowing I wasn't the body. So anyway, Fast forward 45 years, you know. <laughs> but um, I feel like I am ready to just uh, rest in that source. And how does one, no, not one, yeah, maybe one, how to be only in source in the midst of functioning? And there's really no demands on my life. I have my own business, and I have a gentle relationship, and I don't have anything demanding me. So what creates the ping into the world of illusion? Um, the theme is just that I suckle on unity with others, you know, wanting to feel that unity with others where I know I finally could see that was only within. But I look out. For, I looked outside for that delicious joy and intimacy and unity with others because I wanted that oneness. Past tense. I've seen it so many times. I would say there's probably still. It's pro it's probably still going to arise in me, but I saw. I see it. Uh. I mean, I, I would guess it's not really totally past because it still arises. There's something about it. Okay, so, so is the absence of it felt? Or is it just when it comes that you're suckling off it, that you're finding it delicious? Is the absence no, of the it No, the absence is felt very uh -huh. much. That's the one I'm after. All right. Deeply lonely. Okay, that's the one. That's, that's the problem. Okay. Tell me how come you imagine you're lonely. I mean, that's... <laughs> you gotta go there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like, okay, so I was born and my sister was 14 months older than me. 
So I came in almost like having a twin. Yeah. And at age like five or six, she, okay, so she was my teacher, my, she told me who I was, what to do. I was her follower. Yes. And at age maybe five or six. That's all right. We have a dog at Satsang. That's okay. Don't worry at all. He's welcome to. Okay, so um, somewhere around then, she just was tired of having her little baby sister in her life, and she just pushed me away. So um, she didn't want me anymore. Okay. And I was lost. I just almost like left my body and just went off because I didn't know who I was. Yeah. Yeah. And when I re-experience it, I realize that I just loved her so yeah. much yes. and she didn't want me anymore. Yes. So I just somehow had to find a way to survive. Yeah. I think that's where it came from. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still tender. <laughs> yeah. So it made me feel like in a way, like my lover rejected me, yeah. but I didn't even know who I was without her. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's why I, I felt lonely. Yes, that would do it. <laughs> sure. Have you dealt with that? Have you ever talked to her about it? Have you? She's not the type to mm -hmm. enjoy that kind of. She says it's water under the bridge. Oh, okay. Okay. I've talked to my friends about it. Okay. So, so what's gonna take for you to let it go, for you to heal that wound? I, I guess what I, the thing that I work on is just to say I was mistaken to, I was mistaken to feel that my sister was my source of love, that the source of love is within, and just to continue to rest in the heart. That's how I am working on healing it. Okay, but we don't know at that age because, you know, until the age of seven we're creating the ego, we're creating a sense of who I am in the world. And, and your sense of who you were, you know, was just instead of like a whole family or parents or your, a pet or your toys and a whole constellation of different influences, it was whoop, 14 months, it's like Irish twins, it's like, that's very close. Hmm? So, <clears throat> so, so in a way, you know, how the ego was being formed was completely pressurized on one point. You see? How did the ego get formed when, when the main creator of the ego disappeared? How, how did you find yourself and did you find yourself? Did the ego get formed fully after that? Well, I think when I went through puberty, I sort of snapped in again. Okay. And I ended up being cute and smart and drew people to me. Okay. And I did really well. So okay. I sort of, I think it took me that long to really wake up. Yes, yes, yes. To find who, who you're an identity for yourself in the world. Yeah, and I remember uh, when I was in my classroom one day, I was going to approach someone and I felt like, oh, you're just a little nothing kind of thought come up in me. And then I just felt like that's just not true. And I sort of um, 
carried on without that thought. Huh. I wanted to feel my energy. Yes. Yes. So that way that you, I'm going to continue on without that thought, and you were able to draw up your own personal power. Can you do that when you think of the three, four, five-year-old? Five, six, seven, in the absence. I was just so lost. Yeah. It was like I didn't exist. Yes. Yeah, you lost your mirror, you see, to tell you who you were. See, the thing is, you've been through the experience of it, and somehow you managed. And now it's just a memory. And the memory is still potent for you. And in fact, it's holding up everything, you know? Mm. As you can see, you've identified it's really holding up everything. That's the thing that pulls you back in, that mm. wound. Mm -hmm. But it's only a memory. And the memory now is, is as potent as the day it happened. Even though you reclaimed yourself after puberty and, and found how to manage in the world, the memory still has this charge. Mm -hmm. It's still alive in me. It's like a feeling of loneliness. Yeah. 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 So, I, I read this one book and it talks about having a thorn in your heart. So, he said the way to get past it is to feel the pain. So, I really tried to feel it. Okay. And it wasn't anger. It wasn't sadness. It was just this love that I couldn't express. So, maybe rejection. Yes. Yes. So now, how do I get, how do I get past that memory? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a variety of techniques. Writing might actually really help you mm -hmm. to write out absolutely every feeling so, and, and get beneath the rejection to like anger and to because she exercised an awful lot of power over you, and then when she was finished with you, she walked away. She was forming herself at your expense, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that's got to come up too. Can you see the flip side of it? I mean, her, her shoes? That in one way, you, in a way, you were kind of being abused because she was creating her ego and her sense of self and her power at your expense. Mm -hmm. And then when she was solid, funnily enough, at pretty much the age of seven, you were being five, she was, you know, seven, your ego was pretty much formed. So when she was done with you, you were cast aside. You see? Mm -hmm. So you're the one, it sucked the life force out of you to create her ego. Mm -hmm. So that she had a confident sense of who she was in the world. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. So, it would be great if you got into the layer of that, of the, how siblings, close siblings, can just completely suck each other dry. It's survival of the fittest, no? So I'd love to see you getting beyond the, the pain of rejection and the love for her into the mucky feelings. Because there was an abuse there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's in complete ignorance. It's two kids doing their best to... To, to feed off each other. But where were your parents? Why wasn't the sense of who you were as little girls coming from parents or adults? What was going on there? They were there. They were loving. They just didn't have a clue. They didn't have a clue. That's for sure. Yeah. 
You didn't know what you needed in order to form, formulate a confident young girl, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so you guys had to survive off each other. And she won. She won. She won. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to see you looking at the whole family and writing it out, even if you kind of wrote letters to all of them and burnt them. Just to get, get, get beyond the, the, the rejection story and get into the, well, feck you anyway, you know? Look at the mess, and, and you were fine at my expense. Get into that layer of it, until actually there's just forgiveness. But forgiveness because you've gone into the muckiness, not because I love her and I forgive her. It's like, no, no, not buying it, not buying it, not buying it. Yeah. You know, you, you, you gotta get into blame and let yourself have that mucky, mucky feeling. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Because yeah, somebody screwed up somewhere, for sure. For sure, you, you two kids were trying to rear each other, you know? What was that? And, and let yourself find that and, and get nasty about it. Because those feelings are there too. The kid who wanted more than, more than her older sister to feed her, to tell her who she was, you know? Mm -hmm. I sort of got back at her because I ended up being smarter and cuter. Yeah. And just yeah. didn't even look at her. Yeah. But yeah. I think you're right, just at a five-year-old age, I didn't feel those feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so all of the five-year-old's pain, it's like part of the picture is at the top. You know, you, you have part of it. But there's layers underneath that haven't been exposed for the five-year-old. So if you've got the full experience, then the thorn in your heart, all of the thorn, you can look at all of the layers of the thorn. And if they're all felt, Bingo. Okay. All right. Is it done? What, what, what more juice do you need to feel out of this? But an old wound will hang on to you if you can only see part of the picture. If you're just hanging on to one part of the story, mm -hmm. you know, we need to, we need to see the full lot, the full gamut of it. Mm -hmm. That I was abused. Yes. Yes. You were abused by your sister. For sure. For sure. Let, let that sit. Mm -hmm. is, is it awful to hear that? Uh, I feel it through my, I mean, I feel it down low yeah. in my body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm no victim either. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. And very often saying, I'm no victim, is actually denying the fact, well, there was an experience of a victim for you to want to say, I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim is usually the fighter who's trying to deny the experience of having been caught as a victim sometime, you know? Mm -hmm. No, but I guess what I mean is I'm going to get past this. Yes, yes, for sure you are, for sure you are. It's just to look at the whole thing, you know? You know, and exposing that wound, and you can do it quite quickly, you know? If you have a couple of weeks of really, really getting into it, I think you could move a huge amount, mm -hmm. you know? Because um, what we're after is that feeling of loneliness, of wanting connection, yeah. you know? And it, it, like a healthy separation from, from your sister would have been in, in another household, could have been like a healthy separation from the mother, do you know? That, that we get weaned at the right time or we get, you know, that, that whole healthy separation, and it's like there wasn't, there was a very abrupt separation mm -hmm. from your primary source of love, you know? So, 
so so in, in in exposing that, you can for sure let her go in a healthy way, and thus you're letting go of the wound and the story. Mm-hmm. Without that, then there won't be a glorified sense of unity is delicious and I crave it, because you've got the unity that you that you love, and you've got the loneliness that you're avoiding. So they're they're together. So as long as you're enjoying the unity, cut off that juice. So, okay, we've looked at the, the side of, of being a victim. We've looked at the, the, the pain, the source of it, okay? But how it's actually being fed also nowadays is the deliciousness that you get from interconnection with others. Mm-hmm. As long as you get deliciousness from there, you're compensating for the wound. Because the flip side of that is you're going to feel lonely in the next day or the day after. So they're feeding each other. So it's not just resolving the wound. Yeah, exactly. But it's the deliciousness, the juice that you get from feeling the connection with other. It's like, ha, I see through this. I see through this. This is this is me playing the old story. This is me being like pre-five, or this is you know, this is me touching into that deliciousness before the wound, Mm -hmm. or what I imagine it could have been to heal the wound. I'm not going there. These are just people, independent people. Don't play your old story of getting juice out of it. Hmm. So you've two things to watch because they're, they're, they feed each other. If you resource one, the other is set up to come in. If you resource the other one, bingo. You keep swapping over. Mm-hmm. So I'm addicted to other. Yes, you're addicted to other. Through this story, you're addicted to other. Mm-hmm. So no wonder. The other can't fall down, you know, the part of your mind that keeps creating other. Mm-hmm. It needs other because you're running this loop. Mm-hmm. You're enjoying it and you're hating it and the hating it makes you go for more of enjoying it and off we go. So as long as that loop is potent, of course separation has to stay alive for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Isn't it fantastic how the dualistic framework is set up? The flip side... It's not just the pain, it's the, 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 the buzz out of the absence of the pain is usually in there as well. Yeah. We're playing with the two and we see one and we wonder, why isn't that issue gone? I've trashed it to death, I'm sick of it. And it's like, sometimes, you know, what's the dualistic, what's the flip side of it? And it's hiding there too, you know, the yes. ego, you know. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful how it works. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's just a story. So all that energy can be freed up. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, so much freeing. It's like a, a plug can come out, you know? A plug, you know? Yeah, let it rip. Let it rip. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. You're welcome, Evan. Ellen gave me a context to put what I've been trying to speak to you about and uh, it, I feel like my mind abuses me and this is a family thing Okay. I know that my siblings do it and my mother did it and somehow, even though I can see it, 
it doesn't go away. Or at least, I, I probably have, it's probably less than it was, but it can come up and be quite nasty. And I feel like it is always there kind of under the surface of every day creating a lot of tension. So I'm not quite sure, I'm not quite sure what, you know, how to handle it. Okay, give us the story. Okay, so for example, I'll be uh, doing something one day, like maybe I'm writing, and, and one day it goes very well and, and flows and I'm good. The next day, I can feel it. Even as I sit down at the computer, I'm already critiquing what I've done before, feeling it's not good enough, um, uh, feeling like maybe I didn't say the right thing to my sister the other night, you know, and, and maybe hurt her feelings or something, you know. Um, even with the cats, you know. I scared the cat because I did something, you know, when I was trying to, you know, train the ferals so they could trust people and stuff. And I just feel, you know, I feel bad about everything <laughs> some days. And it's like you see this program of criticizing, and yet when I do things right, there's no praise. And again, this is part of the syndrome that is in the family. So it's very deep, and I've had a really hard time doing anything with it. And when I do the Byron Katie question and ask, what would I be without this? I come out with, I would be free. So I really want to get to it. Mm. Are your family all still doing it? Yes. It's well, my mother's, my mother's gone. Okay. Um, my siblings still do it. Yes. So do they do it out loud? Is there a verb and reinforcement? Not always, this? no. I mean, I, I know that they do it because I talk to them and I, um, well, I, I've lost two siblings, so even they did it. One, I was with her at the end and she was still doing it. Wow. And I, I just could think, and I, I, it made me realize that, you know, I had at least made some progress because compared to the way she was reacting, she was just afraid of everything. Now, granted, she was ill, so that aggravates everything. Yeah. But, but, um, and my living sisters do it too, and I, I pick up on it in a way I didn't used to, just because of the work I've been doing with myself. Yes, you're seeing it. Yes. It's screaming yes. at you. Yes. Yeah. And so when you see it, when the observer kicks in and you're like, whoa, I'm giving myself a hard time, what happens then? Well, it's hard for the observer to kick in because I'm so deep into it, so velcroed, you know. I'm, it, it takes a while, so I might go through a whole day and I'll say, you know, <laughs> you're doing it again. Okay. And sometimes I can step back and have relief, I guess you'd say, because I'm more in the witness position. Um, but there's other times it's actually very, very difficult to do. This is, this is very sticky. It's very sticky. Mm -hmm. It sure is. Okay. <clears throat> Does it start, when, it's, when you've got a day of it, does it start first thing in the morning? Does it start before you get out of bed? Does it start after food? When, when does it kick in? Well, I, because it's in the background, it's hard to be sure, but I think it kicks in as soon as I wake up. Mm. I would say, I would say that, you know, I, it seems like I do have days, so, you know, there might be something physical going on as well. Mm. And uh, actually, there is a lot of physical going on with me right now, but yeah. I see from my life and my life, my family, it's been there. It's, it's been there, yeah. Just sometimes, I, maybe it isn't in, maybe I'm having some good days because of all the work I've done, so it's, yes. you know, I'm sitting more the I am, and then, as you said, pinging back. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, okay. I think there's two strands to this, Mary. There's yeah. at least two, because I can see two right now. Okay, good. 
<clears throat> one is there's a physiological imbalance someplace. Mm-hmm. There's something going on in the body and that when you're out of sync, your thinking goes into, into this. I'm not a medic, but something's saying it's something around thyroid. Something, okay. something around thyroid is, is, okay. is triggering something there. Something. Uh, yeah, and I have recently gone on thyroid meds. So ah, okay. Maybe, maybe it's not quite right yet. Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. Other stuff. I know. I know. I'm a little out. Of, I've had a, one of those stressful physical years, so I'm a little out of balance. So okay. I, I acknowledge yeah. that, and I'm working on that. Yeah. Very good. So that, okay. That, That's I think great. We're going to take care of it. Yes. Yes. Good. I think think we're well poised to deal with that. Okay. Okay. But the other part. Yeah. Okay. So the other part. <clears throat> The other part is that when there is a, f- a family pattern, instead of there just being like, you know, a, a bad habit in your own mind, it's like a frigging cobweb. You know, it's like, it, 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 mm. F- families have, have passions, and, and really it's like a cobweb. And if there's a thread in it, like addiction or self-criticism or blame or whatever the pattern is, you know, or, or poverty consciousness or some pattern that's in the family, we all have a string of them, of course, because this is how, how we've learned how to view the world, you know? Our parents showed us how to view the world or the family did, whatever your domestic environment was. And when you're, you're breaking the strand of the cobweb that, that you're caught in, very often it won't break unless you break the whole thing. Sometimes it's like that. It's like you have to break the whole constellation in order to be, to be out of it. Okay. Right? And this is why we have this work around like family tree healing and, and there's a place for it. You know, it, it's rare enough it comes up, but gosh, when it comes up, you kind of know it's like... To leave the whole family out of this actually uh, energetically whether or not they change or they know anything about it doesn't matter but it's like energetically you have to break it for the whole the whole group mm-hmm. because it's just it, it, it's like mm, okay where i've seen this happen is is that there's been this generational pattern and it's now obsolete so it gets very destructive very dysfunctional yes. when it's like it's at it's it's fighting for survival so it's really like screaming, this pattern, right? And it's destructive. When it's at that point, okay, it comes up and somebody's like, I can't do this anymore. I, 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 this is just torture. I'm not having this anymore. Exactly. But when you can't take yourself out of it, there seems to be an energetic way that that person can access it. And it means going back through generations and it's an energetic piece of work and this might sound very new agey but it actually works there's an energetic piece of work you can do which breaks the the linkage the family trait it just breaks the family trait and it just turns into little blobs of people's personal personal patterns rather than one unit that everybody is connected to okay you see and how do you do that? It's like breaking it at the core. I've never heard of the family generational. Have you not? Yeah. No. There is loads of loads of different practices out there. Like Christian churches do it, and and New Age stuff does it, and energetic people do it, and past life clearers do it. There's a thread of it in, in like all of the traditions of of this kind of esoteric work, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's 
called family tree healing, basically. Family heal tree. Family tree. Family it's tree your family healing. tree healing. Yeah. So okay. it's one particular strand you're looking at. Okay. One particular practice that's that's held together by the, the unit. And it's 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 got to be broken up. Okay. I'm not sure what practice would would make sense to you, but I'm of a feeling that you're going to find one. Yeah, you I'll to Google it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Google it. Um, I remember doing a, a workshop years and years and years ago, and I was doing healing work and energy work, and kind of, you know, it was about raising consciousness. I was like, it's all about raising consciousness. I don't know why, I don't know where, but let's do this work. And people were like, okay, this makes me feel better, so I'll do it. And I used to run um, residential weekends in Ireland years ago, and I remember doing one family tree uh, weekend, and there was, I don't know, like 25, 28 people in the room. And we used actually a prayer, which I kind of, it was a prayer, but I, I, I kind of took, up, took out the, the heavy, the heavy Christian jargon, you know, just, just to soften it. But this prayer was like jumping out at me. It's like, okay, this is the one. I'm going to dilute it a tad, but there's something in this. And the prayer had to be said seven times in succession for each person on the family tree. So this is, okay, obviously I'm telling you a technique. All right, okay. So what you did was you, you identified what it was in you that you wanted to, to, to break. And you listed everybody in the family where you felt it was. Okay. And you might even say, okay, is it back in the next generation? I don't even know their names. Is it there? And your gut will say yes or no. Mm -hmm. You keep going. Some people actually found out afterwards and wrote to me afterwards, called me afterwards saying, I was telling so-and-so, my aunt, about, about this workshop and she told me that her great-grandfather murdered somebody and never forgave himself and then killed himself and that, 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 that then she said we can trace it back. Mm -hmm. So it's extraordinary, like sometimes you actually might be able to find the, the inception of it. That's what's really potent. Then you've broken it up completely, completely broken it up. So what we, had, we had to say this prayer seven times. It's just a paragraph, but for each person, right? Mm -hmm. So there was like three hours of people just chanting. And so can you imagine like 25 people saying the same prayer, but they were in a different line in it because everybody had their own piece. And it was like, oh my God, the roof is going to lift here. And I was just holding the space, you know? It's like this, this, this. We're, we're like a load of witches here, you know? It just, <laughs> really, it just felt like this cauldron and cauldron and cauldron, but the shifts that came out of it were phenomenal, phenomenal, you know? I remember one woman um, who, who said that she went around to her mother's place the following Sunday morning, and the mother said, um, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I just need to clear my head. I'm going to go for a walk. Will you come with me? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went off for a walk, and the mother said, you know, I'm just, I'm just, Sick of giving out about da, 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 whatever it was, and your mom goes, Oh, gee, here we go. This is the very thing I thought I cleared last weekend, you know? <laughs> and when the mother was saying she actually got locked jaw. She literally, <laughs> and the daughter was there. Phew. You know? She said, Okay, so your jaw stuck, is it? What are you talking about? And so the daughter got this opportunity, because the mother couldn't talk. The daughter got this opportunity to explain like everything that was going on. And so the daughter said, okay, now we're, we're, we're going to try and heal your mouth. But if I were you, I'd I give up that passion. And the mother said, oh. the mother kind of started to soften. I said, oh my God, oh my God. She 
forced to listen, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and of course, you know, the, the thing came back, I don't know, the dotting, massage, something or whatever, but they worked it out and the jaw softened, you know, the energy of it softened, you know. Um, and the pattern broke, you know, the mother just said, my God, that, that was so weird. I don't know what that was, but I'm never again, I, I'm, thank you, thank you, you know, I'm never again doing that. So weird things happen, wonderfully weird, freeing things happen. It's very potent. Okay, I'm yeah. game to try anything. I've been trying and trying and yeah. something's not breaking. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's the family thing. It, it's, it's, it's just on your path to, to break up this energetic connectivity that could be holding you all together. Yes, oh yes. Could yes. be holding you all together. And, and so that can get scary or it can be freeing for everybody else. I think it would be freeing. Yeah, most likely. I think we all welcome it. Yes. So I will Google it and Google let you know it. what happens. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you're going after the potency. You're going after the, yes. core, the core energy. That's right. And that's what I feel this is, the core energy. I yes. I really feel that yes. I could get a handle on this. Getting a handle. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally different. Yeah, it's it's even breaking your own pattern isn't you're not gonna get away with it. You're not you're not gonna get away with it. You've gotta break it for everybody else too, yeah. That works. That'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for that'd sure. be wonderful actually. Yeah, it would be great. Mm-hmm. It would be great. Thank you. Sure. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, this guy at the door. You gotta bring it right up to. Yeah. Is that all right? Uh, yeah. Great. Today. Okay. Thank you for coming to Austin. Thank you for the invitation. Um, I'm pretty. I feel pretty happy about my. Um, that I'm. I don't feel attached to a lot of stories, and I feel a lot of silence. And, um, so I'm good with that, and I really enjoyed the process you were doing this morning. Um, um, I'm not sure, you know, what is holding me back. Mm. Um, Intellectually, I'm not really concerned about a lot of things. But I think I'm probably slightly delusional. I think that, uh, I mean, I do get, I mean, I have emotional reactions that are, um, you know, fear and need for approval sometimes like that. And uh, um, you were saying earlier that um, if you have any desires that kind of, restricts your ability to connect with the, or to be the emptiness. Yeah, to retain your attention there, yes, desire, desire. You can't have the two, you just can't have the two. So I figure when I, some of my reactions are, you know, based on, even though I'm not consciously desiring something, but um, there's some kind of a pattern there that that might be whole. That's my theory, but I wanted to see what, if you could help me clarify what's happening for me. Mm. Okay. 
I want to pick up on three things. Working backwards, there's the desire, there's the emotional reactions. And you said uh, uh, sometimes it can be delusional. Tell me about that first. Well, I mean, just that um, I don't want to, I don't want to delude myself into um, thinking that I, everything's okay, you know, because I want to think highly of myself and kind of you know, maybe have a conception that, that I'm awake and I'm not, or that I don't have anything to work on, but it's really, there's these buried things that I'm, Okay. I don't know, maybe I can ignore those things, or they'll unravel themselves, or... Do they unravel themselves? Do they? Unravel? Yeah, do they unravel themselves for you? Do, do things organically come up and you find yourself seeking to understand something better and refine the character? Do you find that that's happening automatically, or do you have to Well, work um... It doesn't, it depends on the circumstances, like, like you said, like if I had, I don't live around family too much, um, but things come up if I interact with family, I suppose, and with my partner, um, so they sort of, sort of half and half. I don't really go searching for it that much because it doesn't, that's something I'm constantly bothered by. Sure. So when it comes up, what happens? Well, like for example, uh, if somebody's criticizing me, I, I'm probably overly sensitive. Or. Um, and do you deal with that, or do you just notice it? Do you see it as an opportunity for 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 growth and for responding in a different way? Or do you um, ignore it? Um, depending on the situation, I, you know, I might be able just to step back from it, and uh, um, it isn't. I think I deal with it internally. I don't uh, manipulate things on the outside too much. Okay. Okay, I'm not getting a straight answer here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what to say exactly. Okay, you see, all right. Um, at, at, at a certain point, sure, the seeking stops. And, you know, there's like a, the, the compulsion to work on yourself dies away. Mm -hmm. But there's a natural movement for consciousness to refine itself. And it's not because you want something, you want to be a better person, or you want to be loved, or you want, it doesn't, it's not no longer motivated by a desire mm -hmm. to make things better. Mm -hmm. It's like an organic evolution mm -hmm. of the character to mm -hmm. refine itself. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out where are you on that, on that spectrum? Like, so when something comes up, do you, you know, and okay, you get a distance from it, but do you, can, is there any movement to do anything about it so that, and, and if there is, where does that movement come from? Do you just get a distance from it or do you like, hey, you know what, so what if they don't like me? So what if there's criticism? They're entitled to their opinion. Mm -hmm. Can you, do you go there? Yeah, and, it's more of a so what. Okay. I, I mean, if that seems appropriate. And I, yeah, I'm more focused on 
stepping away from it. Um, okay. And it doesn't, you know, I have to be careful that I'm not avoiding um, my story. Yes. So that's a component of it, but, yeah. you know, I'm pretty functional in my own mind. I don't know how other people see me. Yeah, that's okay. That's their, mm -hmm. their, that's their thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so do you have a tendency to sidestep your own stuff? Um, You've kind of alluded to that. Uh -huh. there's, there's something hiding from me and I'm after it. Yeah, that's why I came up with it. <laughs> something sneaking around. Like, uh -huh. Okay, so yes, to your question, I guess. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. But I'm, it's pretty, uh, it's not real conscious or, I mean, like I was saying, I don't know exactly what my stuff is. I, I think I have... Uh, you know, um, self-worth issues, not, not a lot of self-love, so um, I don't dwell on that. I guess I, I do things to compensate for that, maybe, and um, so I don't know what, what else to do about it. Uh, or so if what, I need to do anything. Yeah, so what would it be like to cultivate a bit of self-love? I'll tell you why. Some people don't need to do the self-love, uh -huh. but it's a real, real, real shortcut. Uh -huh. If you can manage self-love, yeah. it cuts out a load of old patterns. Mm -hmm. It feels pretty artificial to me. Does it? I feel, I mean, I enjoy my, I mean, on an ego level, it's not, it's artificial. I enjoy my inner, uh, experience and I have expansive inner experiences and yeah. and I have a, a um, you know my path I have a lot of devotional um, part of me part of my past and so I have joyful and loving experiences but I sort of um, I don't know it, it doesn't translate exactly to uh, I have this idea that, you know, loving myself is sort of a grandiose kind of uh, big-headed thing that doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Yeah. Or fake. I, yeah, I, I wonder, does that, is that a bit of religious conditioning from somewhere? Well, I have the Catholic and the Hindu and... <laughs> sure, sure, I know. We dip into all of it as we do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Sure. I wonder. Because, like... You know, if, if there's that open heart to something else, mm -hmm. you, you're literally using that external deity mm -hmm. in order to, to set up a circuit mm -hmm. because there isn't the external deity. There's mm -hmm. just what you are, mm -hmm. you know? And so we kind of train the ego to, to, to surrender to something external in order to mm -hmm. cycle it back in and to surrender to what you really are. Mm -hmm. So if, if that circle is going to work for you, mm -hmm. then somehow that love is going to have to come back in or you're going to have to see that what you're really devoted to is what you really are. Mm -hmm. And that's not a whole lot separate from what's manifesting here in front of me as a guy. Mm -hmm. 
you know, but separation will tell you that no, 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 me, me being the human being, I surrender and I, I am, you know, no devotion to that. But for that to mature, it's got to be a cycle. Otherwise, you just keep duality in place forever. Do you see? Well, tell me about the cycle for... Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, the ego focuses on the outside world, and that's how we get our sense of place in the world, through reflecting to others. Similarly, the devotional path is set up in that way. Mm-hmm that we're devoted to, to something that we can surrender to, but it's external, no? It's like a, you know, a photograph or a picture or somebody you can name or a god or whatever, mm-hmm. a statue, whatever it is, you know, a tree, it doesn't matter what it is. But that surrender is to an external thing because, because yeah, the personality needs an external thing in order to make it feel complete. But the thing is, as mind starts going within, the external thing is actually a mirror of what's inside, of what you really are. The deity is just showing you, reminding you mm-hmm. of where you've come from, of you are that too. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. Now, how are we going to move from the deity, the essence of the deity being external, to you recognizing that the essence of the deity is you? How are we going to link that back? I've had that kind of experience of uh, seeing the deity as everything, including myself. You bring the mic just a bit closer there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, that makes sense to me. I think there's just some kind of leftover, you know, personality patterns that yes. aren't quite touched by that. Yes, exactly. And, and how could self-love be, be kept separate from an experience seeing that the essence of the deity is the essence of you, that you're all of it, you're the whole loop? How can self-love be cut off from that? I I don't know exactly. Yeah, it's a kind of weird one, no? Mm -hmm. Do you see? That the mind in some way would say, well, no, the the personality actually, you know, can stay over here with his kind of quirks and his own ideas about Mm -hmm. himself. Mm -hmm. How can that be excluded from the deity and you being recognized to be one? The way I see it is just that that I'll call it unity experience, is not, you know, it's not stable for me, it's something that I I feel like at times. Yes. And the other times, you know, it's not obvious in in my um, limited self is more evident. Yeah, yeah. So let's shift the focus. Mm. Because... At the end of the day, if you are, like right now actually, right now if you see, okay, there's unity experiences and then there's the the limited self when that's playing. Which one is more real? Genuinely, which one is more, there's no right answer to this, it's whatever's playing for you. Which one is more real? Which one feels more authentic? The the unity experience, or for me it could be just, now I'm more focused on the emptiness. So that feels more real to me. It feels more real. Mm-hmm. So then, when the limited self-story is running, mm-hmm. there must be something less real about it. Mm-hmm. 
Because at the end of the day, it's about recognizing the capital or reality. It's like what is really real and living from there and let everything roll out from there. Okay? So if that emptiness, unity, which has gone into emptiness, great. It's gone into emptiness. Okay, if that's capital R, real. What are you doing given the ego self the credibility as if it's real? Something is still investing in that then. Mm -hmm. I, I don't... I mean, do it, I just see it as... Um, sort of leftover baggage that um, it's sort of annoying and, and I, you know, I, don't, I feel like the awakening process is a continuous process and yeah. I'm at whatever point I'm at and so I feel like I'm progressing but I don't, you know. Um, yes, but the thing that's, that's stalling the progression Yeah, there's some kind of... Is, is this guy over here that is being believed to be real. Mm -hmm. So the invitation is, how can that be real? Mm -hmm. And the emptiness is real. I mean, how, how does your mind tell you this? Do you see what I mean? How I come you're readily going to believe that? Um, I don't know that I really, how much I believe it. I mean, I don't intellectually believe it, but okay. I feel like there's some kind of maybe almost physiological... Um, you know, patterning there that isn't blown out. Okay. All right. Okay. So the second that it's running, mm -hmm. if you can see, is this real? Is this real? Mm -hmm. That would help a lot. Because something has to stop investing in the physiology that's running in that moment. Mm -hmm. You're investing in it. Something is kind of you know, pulling it in center stage when a button gets pressed. Mm -hmm. But it's not real. It can't be real. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of sort of practicing that, being clear about what's real and what isn't. I think it might help you because for you, it's, it, 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 you, you, <clears throat> it's very important for you to come after it with your mind. Mm -hmm. And for you to go after it with your heart, I, I, I don't think love is going to crack through for you in that way. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's going to come another way to you. It's just going to show itself to you mm -hmm. that it's all about love. That, that'll just show itself. Mm -hmm. But for you, yeah, your, your, your understanding makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. You know, how you view things. That's, that's, that's your trump card, how you understand things. So if you are clearly, is it real? Is it real? Is it real? If you use that like a mantra... Mm -hmm. Is it real? And if it's, if it's showing itself like, okay, this is an ego thing, this is an old pattern, forget it. Out. Absolutely cut it. Absolutely cut it. Have zero tolerance for it. Zero. And say, okay, it comes from self-worth issues. Not going there at all. What's happening right now is fine. And let, let rather than flipping the, 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 the lack of self-worth to self-worth and healing it that way, for you, it's about like going to the emptiness. Mm -hmm. I started off thinking there's something hiding, there's something hiding. Mm -hmm. But actually, it's more like, it's more like understanding. Mm -hmm. Understanding is much more potent for you. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like. That if you can really understand what's real and what's not real, and how come you imagine that the ego self is real? 
what is it? Okay, you've down to like there's something physiological in the wiring that hasn't blown up. It's like, yeah, but in that moment, you're believing it to be real. What's that? Hmm. It's like the believability, you haven't explored it to see, well, what is making me believe that this is actually real now? That this defines who I am, that this is an old self-worth image, self-worth issue, plane. What is it? Explore the believability. And how come you buy an idea? How come you're buying what's not real? You know it's not real, but you're buying it. If you can see what loop your mind is running there, that's the bit that I'm after that's hiding. Is it real? Is it real? Is it real? Is it real? This is the thing to check out. Is this real? And not like, no, it can't be real because of the other thing. It's like, whoa, this is presenting as real. So some part of my brain really thinks this is real. Really? Really? You liar. You know? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Whatever you've got to do to like stop the investment on the illusion being real. You're investing it. You're turning it from illusion into reality. Mm-hmm. And it's not. What are you doing there? That will make a big difference for you. Okay. I, I, the way I usually, I mean, things come up quickly and then um, I have to kind of like go apart and process it. Yeah. Then it's not like a, yeah. it happens all at the same time for me. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That's, that's all right. That's fine. That'll fit too. That's okay. Yeah. Nisargadatta Maharaj? I'm familiar with him. Yeah. I'm not a you know, follower. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had this technique of neti Not mm-hmm. this, not this. Mm-hmm. And he just rejected everything. Mm-hmm. That was his technique. Mm-hmm. Rejecting everything that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Not this, not this. You know? Not this, not this, not this, not this. Just pushed it. You know, just stopped the believability of the, the just could smell. This is this is not real. This is not real. This is not real. This is mine playing a joke and I'm not buying it. That would help you a lot. That type of you know, and then of course the processing and the unraveling afterwards. Mm-hmm. Let that happen because then that's the physiology changing. That's the mm-hmm. wiring changing. Mm-hmm. You know, of course that's going to happen. That's that natural unraveling will always happen mm-hmm. as as the personality refines itself. It's always happening. That's an ongoing process. Okay, I think I can, I can do that. Makes sense? Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Good for you. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yes. Need to make an announcement. Sure. Um, I was just informed by, uh, that the Fun 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 Fest is going on, and because the city would like to make a little more money, they're going to ticket everybody that's out in front here that normally is free on the weekends. So um, I apologize and I think you got one last night. You got one last Chris got one last night too. Yeah, well actually the, the near out there it, it says until eleven PM, even Friday and Saturday. The only day that's free is Sunday. All day? All day. All okay. day Friday, all day Saturday until eleven PM. Okay. Well, I really apologize because on the uh, the director of Casa de Luz, I called her and asked her if it was true that it was free, and she told me yes last week, and so I sent it out in an email. So if any of you uh, 
I didn't know that was coming up. <laughs> Just as well, you might have stopped it if you knew it was coming. <laughs> well, I sort of put all the stuff, <laughs> you know, like from my life and say, well, which of these should I talk, you know, which thing is important? So I just went back to family of origin because okay. I think that's where kind of, you start with everyone, and I think that's what I need to start on too. Okay. So, I... <clears throat> so I uh, learned to matter in my family by non-achievement. Non ah. That was my fit. Ah. And, uh, And then my next big, uh, so that was up through uh, my whole childhood. Then the uh, next big thing was my break when my dad left the family. So disconnecting from dad, who was distant all, but always distant anyway, but then he actually physically left. And later uh, I let him die in Marlin, Texas, in a uh, VA. Uh, hospital from, uh, from uh, uh, overeating, he a diabetic, he lost his foot and then died in the hospital. And I visited him once while he was there because I was still so angry with it. I now know that at a, le at a certain level, I really have forgiven him. He did the best he can. He loved me the best way he knew. I know yes. everyone does that. Yes. Everyone, everyone does the best they can. Yes. I know that. And yet sometimes it's not good enough for what we need. Yeah. And we've got to leave space for that too. Yeah. And they're not in contradiction with each other. It's just the play of it sometimes. Yeah. Then uh, my mom then, uh, I had a kind of a healthy, unhealthy relationship with my mom. She was my protector and connected with her an awesome lady. And yet, uh, I later realized in therapy that 
when I uh, decided, told her to sell the house so she could move into this really cool retirement home where you live actively until, and there's a hospital there if you ever have to go to it. And by letting, convincing her to do that, I was on my own, forced to be on my own because we didn't, I didn't have the, the house to live in any longer. And that was the best thing I ever did because yes. I broke from her broke. and became myself. Good. Um, and, and that's when the real healing started for, that's where I formed Don, uh, the, the uh, story of Donald yes. in, a, in a healthy way. I guess you have to have a healthy story before you let go of it. You do have to have a healthy story before you let go of it, yes. Yeah, well, I, that's yes. where I got healthy. Good. It, 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 pretty much. <laughs> Good. Uh, so... Um, then there's all. Then there's the spiritual quest, yes. which has really been deep for me all my life. I, I don't know whether I should talk about that or not. Really, it's up to yourself. Okay, so all right, I'll I'll mention it real quick. Okay. So started out as a, as a cold Presbyterian. Mm. <laughs> wow. It resonates. <laughs> and oh man. Totally head, totally cold. Then around 19, or 19 I discovered charismatic, mm. the charismatic, and oh, did I find a loving place to, to yes. hang out. Yes. So that was an artificial home for me. Yes. I just, I met my first wife in that situation. And then it's like, it was like the fundamentalist thing of, oh, what about all those people that don't know Jesus? Oh, well, they're going to, oh, no, give me a break. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. They can't be. That's not right. And so it was like this struggle. And then finally, on top of that was the judgment for people who had had all these loving words, but then the behavior didn't match. So judgment, 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 which ended me up throwing the whole thing out and becoming agnostic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was about six years in agnostic. I never went as far as atheist. Yeah. I, you know, that's not, you know, that's just another belief system. Um, then came counseling, uh, first marriage counseling, because my second marriage um, after nine years with the first wife, it was just at the, the whole thing of breaking away was also breaking away from her as well. Okay, sure. And then, of course, I figured out marriage because I had a divorce. So now my second wife and I lasted uh, just a few months before we started going at each other tooth and nail. Oh, my goodness. And so marriage counseling became personal therapy for yes. a number of years in dealing with all this stuff. Yes. And so my first uh, gospel was the gospel of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, then I, so once you let the pressure off of mm. the, and discover you really do have feelings after all, mm. it's like then that whole, that, that God space is there and it's like there's this emptiness. You discover the emptiness because you, you can't suppress it any longer when you get in touch with feeling. So the, uh, then came the first thing that made sense was Reiki because you didn't have to believe, in, believe anything. You could just have positive regard 
and want to help someone. So mm -hmm. Reiki was perfect for me. Mm -hmm. And then came Unity because my Reiki master said, oh, I, I go to Unity. Okay, well, I want to check that out. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then came Unity. And then, but still I said, when you're, when you're dead, you're dust. There's nothing after this physical existence. But then came John Edwards crossing over and... After watching two episodes of that, I said, I'm wrong. There is life after death. So the spirit world then became the, uh, it's like, okay, when you're dead, you go on. That was the next big thing. Then came uh, th this guy named Ron Roth, who was an, a Catholic of 25 years, who broke with the church over uh, over uh, heal, over casting out a spirit in, in in the service, and there was someone from the Vatican there, and they said you can't do that anymore. And, he, and then he said it's time to leave after 25 years. So he became independent, and that was my reconnection to a healthy charismatic uh -huh. without the overlay of fundamentalism. Yeah. And then, then he actually was opening up to his roots of spiritism as a youth because he had seen spirits had been punished by his, his parochial school about it because, he, and his mother said, never tell the church about spirits because they don't want to hear about it. Yeah. And so he then kind of opened me up to spiritism. And I found a spiritist group here in Austin of, of uh, people from uh, Brazil who went to UT. And there I discovered mediumship and helping spirits get go to the light. And, you know, and that was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And, but then it was like, it became more work. Like you, kind of yeah. like you described the, your thing with the ghost busting uh -huh, thing. Uh -huh. I, I never got that far into uh -huh. it, but it was still, I was helping spirits. Sure. And actually even, you know, medium, some mediumship on my part. Yeah. A little bit. Um, then looking for something more and discovering Course in Miracles. And it was like, ah, yes, mm -hmm. because it even, it even talked about, um, it's okay to believe in reincarnation, but it's not required. It's, it's okay to have psychic power, but it's, it must be given to love. You can't hold psychic power and use it in your ego. You've got to let it just happen and it happens when it will and you don't have any control. And so that has become a foundation for me, like the illusion of the physical on one side and the truth and reality of the spirit on the other side. So that, and then that's where I've rested ever since. And I've also constantly gone to non-dual stuff like your thing and everything else that really resonated along that line saying I want and I'm about to retire in, in uh, nine months so I know the rest of my life is going to be given over to full awakening and that's kind of where I'm at and obviously there's some pain down in there because I really felt it when I sat down there yeah like you're tired Donald <laughs> are you tired yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> tired of talking just talking about it I kind of went <sighs> yeah it's been a long circuitous 
adventurous ride. Yeah, you know? boy. And so I re so resonated when, when I heard your YouTube about, you know, so many things in common. I just said, man, I relate to this person. Yeah. She's been through this, the spiritist thing and the spirits and all that yeah. and then kind of got past that and, yeah. and found something beyond. Beyond. And, yeah. And so I, I, that's why I had to, at first I was going to, you know, well, we, never mind about that. That, that, that doesn't yeah. mean anything. Go ahead. And so when you go within, how far do you get? <laughs> how far do I get? Not too far. Mm. So I'm a, I'm a thinker. Yeah. Are you still looking on the outside for what's inside? <clears throat> or do you know it's not outside? I, I know it's not. Okay. Intellectually, I do. Mm. And yet, I'm still looking anyway, I think. So I, I need to be honest and say, yeah, I'm still looking on the outside. Okay. Okay. And I know that's not where it is. It's not where it's no. I know that's actually, not where it is. Yeah, it's actually it's not. It's actually not. You you probably would have found it. You know, with this many years of looking yeah. looking outside, you probably would have hit across it if it is outside, wouldn't you think? <laughs> yes. Before we go further into the inside, there's one other outside thing that I forgot to mention that uh -huh. I think is important for me, and that is uh, this. You talked about with the last person about physiology, uh -huh. and so. Um, one th kind of stickler in my mind is, is my glaucoma. I'm saying, okay, so shouldn't, you know, does that need to go away? It, and I'm kind of asking, is that a story that I'm trying to get hung up on to keep me from, from uh, going further? That, okay, so why is the glaucoma there? And, do, and what do I need to do to let go of the glaucoma and this and that and the other? So I'm using... So there's a physiological thing, if you will, mm. that um, maybe I'm making that a stumbling block or an issue or whatever, but I need to know, okay, so what about me and my glaucoma? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So at a certain point in our own development, we can, and it has its place, but we can kind of get caught in, in, in reading everything in the body has to teach me something. <clears throat> yeah. And it can, but like, how much do you want to learn? Like, when does that learning stop? Because all you're learning about is the ego. Right. You know, so you, you can keep creating messages for the ego, but the ego is just getting fatter with that material at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Because it's just another all about me moment. Let's right. use the body to be all about me. And it's like, mm. so, so that works for a while. But, but at a certain point, if you know you're, you're just kind of fattening your sense of yourself, through reading into everything. What's that about me? It's like, cut, cut, cut. It's the day that you feel like I'm making this issue into something that it's probably not. Just to fatten my story. No longer. Let the body be the body. Try and fix the body. Try and heal the body. Do what you can to repair it. But it's just the body. It's just the body. Okay, you need the body like for, for, for this awakening as we talk about because it's a physiological shift. It's a neurological shift. It's in Say the brain. that again now. For the awakening that we're talking about. That you did this, talked about this morning. Yeah, yeah. That happens in the body because it's your neurology. It's the brain where the shift happens. Yes. Do you know? Yes. But, but, but seeing the truth can happen to a bird. It can happen <laughs> at death, after death. It, 
Do you know, like, maybe a stone knows it's pure consciousness and it doesn't have to go into the ego to come out of the ego. This is just our gig, because we're human beings. We go into the ego and come out of the ego. Right. You see? Right. So, if you can see that, you know, going, going into the ego and coming out of the ego, it's like, are you okay not, not, not any longer finding something of value in the outside world? If you're really okay to not let the outside world, to know that the outside world can't really give you anything of real right. substance, then how could your glaucoma story be teaching you anything? Yeah. You see? Because that's just the next example of something that's outside that could be teaching me something. Sure, we can say, okay, it's got to do with your eyes. There's something you're not seeing. I mean, you know, blech. <laughs> you, you see? That's fine. That's Start valid. the unforgiveness is what the book says. All right. All right. And, and sure, there'll always be something. So it'll keep you repairing the ego and keep the story of me going. Do you see? It never ends unless you actually see through that pattern of reading into everything being a message about what I have to heal. Can you see that? that yeah. That's just a loop. It's just a loop. I kind of thought it was, but I needed to yes. talk about it to make yes. sure. Yes. And, and if this is only intellectual, you know, if you're like, no, I can't see that it's a loop, then it's not ready to burn out yet. You know, if it's not ready to burn out, don't, don't grab the concept just because Jack or somebody else said it. Don't grab a concept. You, you've got to kind of like, oh my God. So then it's showing itself to you. That, that loop around, you know, everything in the outside world is telling me something about me. If you're ready to see it, it's going to go, oh my God, all those things I just used to fatten my ego, actually, to make them more of a me story. So if you can see that loop, bingo, we've got another, another game of the ego unraveled. Yes. You see? Go inside, go inside, go inside, go inside. And what is accessed there? There won't be entertainment like there is in the outside world. There won't be that kind of connection because there isn't the separation connection. So you don't have contrast. I think the most important thing I can say to you right now, Donald, is that see if you can recognize that contrast is delicious. Something new, something, something new oh, that yeah. you've learned, something yeah. insight. My brain just, ooh. You, you know, love it. I, it. I, it just, you love contrast. It, it, yeah. I love yeah. You know, the thinking thing just really, yeah. it, Dr. Spock, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you see, and, and the kind of like, yeah, that Eureka buzz and... High price. High price. Yeah, for the buzz. Yeah, for the buzz. If it's really about awakening, there ain't no buzz there. And would that be all right? Would that really be all right? Well, I'm saying it now. Yes. I gotta feel it. <laughs> you gotta feel it, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, sure life continues, but it's not in Technicolor anymore, you know? It's, well, actually you could flip it over and say it's more Technicolor. Your capacity to experience changes because it's not in, there isn't an invested eye in how you experience because it's just not real. So whatever's happening is kind of, it's the same. Like when my husband met me first, you know, he, he's into sunsets. 
And uh, <laughs> keys are as if you're not there. But anyway, <laughs> you're not really. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and, and he's like, you're not enjoying the sunset. No, it's lovely. It's lovely. You know? And he's like, but babe, it's beautiful. Look at the sunset. Like, look at those colors. You know, I'm like, what do you want me to say? You know, the sunset. It's like, you know, and, and now I suppose I'm functioning. I'm kind of saying, hey, look at the sunset. Let's pull in and we'll watch the sunset. And it's, you know, it's not that the sunset is delicious. It's just that I've learned how to function in order to connect with him who's enjoying the sunset in a certain way. You know, and he says, oh, it's great that you can enjoy sunsets again. I think he said that to me last week. It's great that you can enjoy sunsets again. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like... But if that's how the perception plays and that's okay with him, that's totally fine. Do you know? But so there is a kind of a there's the same same, but nothing is mundane. Do you see? Everything is the same. Sunset or no sunset, or rain and thunder and sunny day, it's actually fundamentally the same, but it's not boring, it's not mundane, it's just manifestation doing its thing and it's it's all beautiful. It's like this gentle peace yes. and joy is just constant. That's what's constant. So there's no, no need for the world to present in technicolor with, right. with, with look at this and look at this and look at the contrast, you know, the, the excitement and all the variety of things that can happen in life. It's like they're there, but, but I don't feed off them because, because I know it's not real. It's just a play. I'm just playing with it. So what popped into my mind is I was reading uh, uh, David Hawkins and he talked about this experience. He was in a restaurant in New York and all of a sudden he saw oneness and, and everything, everything was in slow motion and he saw the light coming, light behind everyone, their light beingness and all that. So what about that? What, did, what was that? Yeah, yeah, sure. That's, yeah, that's, that's his sense of perception going back. It's like, it's like you're seeing the building blocks of consciousness. You get to see, it's a matrix, it's a matrix, you know? And so you get to see the, the non-physical structures of the grid, the wow. grid of what we call, yeah. Sometimes three, my 3D perception goes into 2D and everything is flat. And then, and then in odd time, when it's flat, it actually turns sideways and there's just one line. So the whole world has gone flat and then whoops, it goes into a line, you know, it's like, okay, I just have to wait for my brain to start turning this into 3D because there's nothing, I mean, nothing, there's just a line and the whole world has dropped into a line, you know, so I'm just waiting, <laughs> you know, and then sometimes like, <clears throat> sometimes, like if I'm in a place with a lot of people, like a farmer's market where there's milling about, you know, and I, I, can, I can see this golden thread of where I'm going to walk. You know, and if I kind of soften my perception, I can see the golden thread of where, okay, <coughs> and it's literally shiny golden thing of, of where, where, where people are going to walk. And they think that they're like, oh, there's olives over there, I'm going to go and get olives, you know? And it's like, it's, they're going to go there, and their mind's going to play catch up as to why they're going there, but they're going to go there first, you know? So are the spirits still hanging around there too, or, or do they all kind of no, vanish I, for I, you? No, I, 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 I said... I sent away that perception years ago because really? there was too much information. Oh, yeah. It so like, it just said, out of here, and they were gone. Yeah, I, I kind of sent it back, you know. I just said, well, thank you for that ability. It really served me well, but it's just too much information now, and I'm not interested yeah, in feeding my mind how it, over, it overwhelmed you constantly. Yeah, it's like, you know, no, this physical world is enough. Ordinariness is actually almost too much. 
So, you know, I, 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 need, I need information to be minimalized. So that work is done and please pass it on to somebody else who will learn from that. Great work. I sent it back, you know. <clears throat> Scale it right down to as simple as I possibly could, you know. So, so it, and part of that too is, you know, when, you're, when you go through a phase of being a hermit, whether you head off to India or whether you just kind of, you kind of go within, there's a withdrawing from the external world and it allows your perception, perception to shift. But as long as that can't happen, if you are continually buzzed by the external world. You physical know, or non-physical. Yeah, exactly. All the same. It's all external. So if that's still intriguing you and of interest to you, it's like, well, you're not kind of done with it yet, are you? But if you can see through it that some part of you is just buzzing off the entertainment value, it's like, well, you're not interested in that buzz of non-entertainment <laughs> and of stillness and peace. Something has to be done with the external. And it usually comes at a point of where you see, you know what, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's just more of the same. It's just more experiences. And there's an infinite supply of experiences and new things to learn, and it's infinite. And frankly, it's not doing it for me. I'd love to see you at that point. <laughs> and then there's a withdrawing. You, you gotta see that the outside world is just entertainment, it's just a game. It gives you nothing, that buzz is short-lived until the next exciting things happen, thing happens. So you, from time to time, you would mention techniques for different people. Are you, are you getting any technique that would fit in my situation? Or? I suppose I'm inviting you to see that the external world is fooling you. Okay. That the, you know, life is great. It's fun. It's a total game. But it's giving you a juice that's stopping you from going within. And you haven't seen through the juice yet. The juice is still doing it for you. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Let it soften, let it go from technicolor down into black and white a little bit. And just see, these are just experiences. Because some part of you is tired, you say. Some part of you is tired from it. But your brain loves the stimulation and the excitement and the freedom of being able to, hey, I can do this, hey, I can do that. You've kind of, you know. It's, it's almost like I'm, uh, I, I'm reacting against that uh, underachievement. So my brain wants to mm-hmm. overachieve as the compensation for that thing when I was a kid. Well spotted, well spotted. That could easily be the motivation, yeah. I could easily so be. So I need it. to go back maybe and revisit that underachievement thing and, and the pain of that. And just like when would you, even, even you know, if that's well, if, if you think that's well done though in therapy, it might just be, you know, what, what would make me achieve enough? Have I achieved enough? Have I seen enough? Have I, have I learned enough? Is it enough? You know, it's a faster way of doing it. Mm. You know, is it enough? Am I, do I have to prove more to myself? How much do I need to know? What's my quota here? <laughs> What's my quota? You know, when is it enough? Because what mind is doing, it'll always put the goalposts further out. The finish line, will, oh, it's going to oh, keep... Oh, yeah. Seek and never find it. Yeah. 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 You see? So if you can see that, that that's the hook that you're still So here out on the end of the stick. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I'll get it. Yeah, but the fact that your system is kind of tired, it's like something is ready to go in. But the mind is is entertained still. So 
So I'm getting goosebumps here talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can only go in if you're truly ready. If you can see through that the outside world is a game, it'll go on forever and maybe it's enough. Maybe I've done enough and achieved enough. And I can explore the world and experience the world, but from a different perspective. That's the invitation. The world can come to you rather than you being out in it. And the world does come to you because life continues. But your perspective is much further back. It's not out there looking for juice in the same way. Do you see? Okay, so what coming came into my mind just then is, oh, but Don, you, you're you were you are here to be a healer, and you're here to this, and you're here to that. So again, yeah. that's another juice thing. You're not here at all. I mean, <laughs> like you're not. You're not. That's right. <laughs> you really are not here at all. You see? But it it's oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> So, from a certain, if you take yourself to be real, you're here for a reason right. and you have a purpose. Right. Okay, that's valid there, if you take yourself to be real. But there's a Don character that's being played by pure consciousness. Let him be played without, without the full investment, because he's, he's just a tiny facet of what you are. Yeah, it's like you only use 10, what is it, 1% or whatever the percent Absolutely. is. Yeah, 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 small yeah. percent of your brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so that's the, the analogy. It's what you're talking about in, the, in, in, in our truth. So we're only experiencing an infinitesimal oh, amount of who we are. Teeny, teeny, teeny <laughs> fraction. Like a teaspoon. The Don character is a teaspoon and you're the ocean. Teaspoon of liquid and you're the ocean. It's that kind of scale. The Pacific, like, I mean, ocean, ocean. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> okay, thank you. So let the external world show itself. That it's linked in with the achievement as you spotted. Okay, I don't understand what you just yeah. said by let the external world do what? Let it show itself to be the thing that's keeping your attention externally focused. Yes. You can engage in the world, but from a different place. So I'm inviting your mind to do a 180 and start going in. Yeah. Life will still continue. Things are still great fun. But something is at rest. Your attention is here. And eventually that, that juice out there will be replaced by something so much better. You see, it's not really like that because then the mind is looking for something to replace it. Okay. It's like it dies and there's nothing. That's the best story you can give mind because otherwise mind is looking for something that it will recognize. Right. And your mind and until can't the, Until the inside stuff happens, then it won't let go of the outside stuff. Correct. It's got to let... Exactly. It's got to surrender your interest. You've got to want something more than what the outside world can give you. Let yourself want more, huh? Okay. 
Yeah, and and it's not kind of like let my attention be on my heart or inside. It's like you're withdrawing your attention. It's your attention is going home, and you end up feeling like, oh my god, I was inside out. That's why I was exhausted. I was kind of inside out, you know. And that's what creates the exhaustion because your natural place it, it is much further back. Your viewing point is much further back. You are what you're looking for, you know. You are it. You're looking from there. Yeah. But it's like, instead of your center of symmetry, your viewing point being recognized to be at source, it's like, it's like out there, you know? It's, I'm moving forward, you know? It's like you're out there in the world of things and, and fun and buzzing, and, and that's fine. But see through it, see through it, see through it. See through it. It's temporary, and it's as a response of of that early stuff, the patterning, it's, you can see it. I should be not good enough. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Sure, you're very welcome. Can we do one more before lunch? Or people really need lunch? Okay, yes, this gentleman. Yes, you were. I said I'd start with you, didn't I, last night? And I forgot. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Just this clear presence, um, and it's really great. I mean, it's really just a, a very easy presence. Um, and sometimes mm, I'll notice that I'm having anxiety about something or stress or something, and it's it's. it's it's like, it's just so strange it, to be in that kind of identification with a, like, stress at work or something, because it's just like, there's just this, it's not even, it, there's just no reality to it. I mean, there's nothing real about that. There's, not, there's nothing real about it. And there's, there's like, uh, so much, just so much, it's weird because from the perspective of the presence, there's, it's not like there's like me looking out. It's kind of like here. Okay. And then there's a lot of chatter that maybe around or inside that just kind of, it's kind of like hooking onto it or something. It's like there's a hooking onto the chatter going on ah. uh, inside or outside that 
Like suddenly I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know? that's <laughs> what hooks on? Thoughts. Okay. Just like thoughts become me in, in, when that happens. Yes. And it'll be strange. It's like, oh, this isn't even... Why is this playing out right now? It's like playing out. Um, yes. There's like all the things are still playing out. Yes. And then I'll, you know, pop on a YouTube video with like uh, some satsang or something. It's just like a tuning fork. Like uh, resonance or whatever, you know, it's just immediate. Yeah. Like, yeah. Space uh, or something. I mean, some of what you're talking about in terms of space, even space being a concept, it's just. Yes. <clears throat> Have you ever gone prior to that presence? Well, this, the, this is. This is really what seems to be interesting right now is what you're talking what you just asked um like sometimes awareness of awareness like can there be there's an awareness but like is that also an object and in that looking sometimes it's like is this imaginary or something but it's it's like um the perspective of my thoughts, me being here, is uh, it's like becomes a reverse negative all of a sudden, where it's really everything like it's the opposite of that or something, and then there's just the awareness. <laughs> yeah, totally. You're the one who's got the words to talk about this. No, I don't know how this is. <laughs> it's very, it's been very challenging for me to process in my mind this yeah. stuff a little bit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, if awareness is looking at awareness, what you described as being a line or flat, it's like a line, like it's. There's nothing, there's nothing there. Yes. At all. Yes, there's nothing there at all. Um, Where's presence then? I, I don't know what anything is then, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's still sort of not seeming like the standard state of my being, you know, uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm still experiencing these sort of attachments to, act, I, I mean, really, when there's moments of stress, I'm almost shocked. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Why? Why? Okay, two questions. <clears throat> Does stress create a you? And why can't stress just be a body-mind thing that's happening without identification? Yeah, yeah, no, that... It's a it's an identification with the stress that is the that is it's, it's so shocking or like okay it's a, such a surprise like you appear just, again then what's that you appear as the yeah one yeah and like that's I'm just doing this office running around like actually doing this in this yeah. stress okay and it's funny okay <laughs> okay 
Okay, so stress is triggering some kind of identification. Okay, that, that would make sense if there is some identification with the body-mind still present. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because the sensation of the body-mind is triggering identification. So mm -hmm. there must be, I am the body-mind somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So is there any sense of presence that's not contained in the body? Yes. Ah. So without the body there is presence. Mm -hmm. Without the body there is awareness? Seems to be. Can there be awareness of awareness? Can awareness be aware of itself without the body mind? That's where it becomes very mysterious to me when I, that, that with that question it's like, whoa. Just try, you know, I don't have an answer to what that okay. is asking. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay. So, <clears throat> from from most people in the non-dual sector, awareness needs the body to be aware of itself, but prior to that. Awareness is aware of itself without the body-mind mechanism, actually. It's like a shift, it kind of shows itself. You know, it's like you hang on to a belief in a body for a while and then you're like, oh my God, it's not actually like that. Something mm -hmm. refines itself. So the more refined version is a seeing that awareness is aware of itself without the body-mind. If you can see that, some kind of slit is going to come in between, between your capacity to be aware, or the capacity to be aware of awareness to disconnect it from the body-mind or to see how it is, what it is, without the body-mind. Right now it's running through the body-mind and the body-mind has convinced you that it's actually an essential part of the matrix. Mm -hmm. It's not. Mm. It's an essential part of the All About Me story, sure, mm -hmm. right now because the body gets stressed and okay, we've got that scenario. Yeah. So tell me what presence is without the body mind picking it up. And in a way, it's kind of really stupid and paradoxical, like, but you know, because we're talking through the body mind about body mind not picking up something. I mean, it's nuts, mm -hmm. it's ridiculous, but, but I, you know what I'm talking about. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like everything unfolding in a presencing. Um, uh -huh. You can only use present moment verbs to describe everything happening kind of simultaneously without a real locus of attention. It's just like occurring. There's an occurring sort of. Uh -huh. um, uh, and without the body mind, is it just just like that? With or without the body mind? I don't know. Because ah. we need to find out how far do you take the body mind? How far? And is there a, you know, a zone that you can talk from and the body mind, you know you're not the body mind or that, that there's something talking and it's like, no, the body mind is not in view at all here. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm looking for. And it's like, okay, there we have it, there we have it. 
but right now you're bringing the body mind with you, you see? Mm -hmm. And so of course, there's a, I am, the body mind is running. That's, that's what's going underneath all of this. Okay, so now I have a question. Um, I think I've asked this question before in situations like this, and it's, it's, it's felt like an intellectual question, and it's, it's not. Um, but who drops the body mind? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. it's really, it's a clear illusion. This is not, this is not real. Yes, this is not real. This isn't an idea of not real. It's, yes. oh my God, no. This is really not real. This is really not real. Yes. But I'm living as if it's real. I mean, it's so like, who is dropping this body-mind if I'm living this way as if it's real? I mean, it's so strange. And there's just so much love in this experience when it is when it, of presence. I mean, it's not like, like my mind is not loving. There's, yeah. It's not loving at all. It's just yeah. constantly commenting. Yeah. But yeah. there's far more, more available in this experience um, than that. And, yes. But <laughs> I'm bringing the body mind along. You're asking his, or you're saying, what is it to bring the body mind along? So the, the, the concept of identification with the body, or I am the body mind, is running with the trajectory of mm -hmm. pure consciousness as it's returning back to source. The idea is, is running. The concept is just pulling itself back into where it actually doesn't really belong. And that's what's causing the blip here. So the who belongs to naming a body mind. Mm -hmm. All right? So consciousness isn't a who. Pure consciousness isn't a who because it's all of it. So it's not like to say who, who who's sitting there. It, so somebody's, we've already got duality. So we must have the dualistic framework to ask who. So when we go into unity, there's just the oneness. It would take a secondary thing to name it as who. Do you see that? Sort of. So, okay. So, so as, as your attention draws back and you've got presence, and, you know, there's no huge clash with the concept of I am the body-mind there. And as, as attention pulls back prior to that, when mind asks who drops the body-mind, that question is actually revalidating the concept that there is somebody who is the body-mind. So it shifts your gear farther into duality again. You see, it's very tricky. It's very tricky. See, it, boom, we've gone back into the dual again and we've left the non-dual presence. You see, because the who question absolutely needs duality for that question to be asked. It needs duality. So, thump, gone out, left the presence again into who. So, so as we pull back and there's presence, the body-mind is, is a component of the presence that registers a sense of individuality. It's no more. 
no more than that. You're all of it. You can't be a single part of it with presence. But something wants to emphasize the single body-mind as though it has a greater role than what it has. With pure presence, it's just a component of the whole map that's present, that's present in. Do you see? Mm -hmm. So the I am the body-mind turns into there is a body-mind organism and I am all of it. So really, I am seven billion at that moment in the presenting. All the bodies are presenting, no? Mm -hmm. In the world. What would make localized perception want to believe that it is just one of the seven billion? What would, what would do that? Except some dualistic framework that has mapped its way in to the presenting. Mm -hmm. It's not there. That concept isn't valid there. Because it's just a concept that you are the body-mind. So pure consciousness has an ability to run a body-mind without identity. It can register feelings, emotions, the whole full, full faculty of being human can register all that. And presenting is not shaken by it. Identity stays with presenting. There's just presenting. So in non-duality, the identity shifts from being the body-mind into all of it, that you are all of it in non-dual. Prior to non-duality, the identity itself goes. The emptiness doesn't have you being empty, or it's not that I am the emptiness, there's just emptiness. So identity, identity turns from me into all of it with presenting, and then the concept of identity itself breaks down prior to non-duality. There's no identity anywhere. The whole idea is gobbledygook, that we need a resting place anywhere. It's like nothing has a resting place anywhere. There is no identity anywhere. It's just part of the non-dual and dualistic framework. There is no identity. It's part of the, the scaffolding to create the grid. Identifying as the absolute, identifying as the body-mind. It looks like both of them have to go together for you. You're not getting presenting, identifying with the presenting without the individual because identity itself in one go, one band-aid, whip it off, one band-aid. Holding both parts together. Does something recognize that? Yeah. All identification. Dual, non-dual. Both gone. There's no resting place because there's no place. There is no space. There is no place. It's, this isn't happening someplace. And it's fun.
Uh, <laughs> 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 In effort to is to say something or to like to articulate something is uh, kind of. Going, I mean, it's just kind of a going on, like of an of an individual, you know, wanting to make sense of all this. Mind lines up. Mind will kind of click into place because the understanding is deeper. Yeah. But mind kind of gets a handle on it, but the understanding is actually deeper, and and eventually we find words for it, you know, that kind of comes. But let the un, the deep understanding hang out there. Yeah, yeah. A place with no words, and the rest will just line itself up in time. Vocabulary comes, you know, you know how it happens. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't speak. Uh, well, there's a lot of non sitting and talking about this with people who are, I mean, Let's see. There's a lot of life that isn't really mm, reinforcing what we're talking about right now. Uh huh. Yeah, the movie it has to be authentic somewhere for it to work at all. It's just playing out, and right now it's a little bit unclear to me how to stay in what you just said. Just for that staying to be the primary. Staying in the primary location, I'm. It seems clear. It's like oh, we're talking to you right now. There's a. Yeah, yeah. That's. I don't think anything. There's nothing to think. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not really. It's not really the way it is. It's the way it is. So understanding what, of how identification works mm -hmm. will free up the body-mind to be in stress mm -hmm. without it being me who's in stress, mm -hmm. me who's feeling stressed. In, in, inviting you as pure consciousness to see where identification is not valid at all, that there's no identification at all with anything, anywhere. It'll unstick. Mm. I'm inviting you to where there's absolutely no identification. And, and then let that bleed into regular life. And the body-mind will organize itself and there's a knowing that you're not it. So no matter what it's feeling or experiencing, it doesn't create a you. So there's no denial or suppression. It's just that without identification, it cannot be you. You see? Yeah. That's so free. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's why we do it. It's yeah. so cool to freedom. Uh, I don't, there's just this one thought that happened was a total disbelief that I, who am not, I'm not like Papaji or something sitting, you know, I'm not an Indian man on a, Rome, how could this 
be in that what you're saying, which is weird because it's just this thought. But it's yeah. like a, it's like a, a a deep skepticism. Yeah, take Papaji off the throne. Take Ramana Maharshi off the throne. Mm-hmm. Take them all off the thrones. They're just guys with good PR. That's what I thought. That's the, it's like everyone is this. Yes, everyone is this. It's not even like a question. It's like there's just this. I don't know. I don't want to try to talk about it. No, thank you. I appreciate it. This is. Um, Yeah, this is. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome.